Hello and welcome to the Social Mirror with Harsh Chashman. Qui Legacies of Colonialism In September 2018, the High Court of India ruled that Section 377 of the Penal Code which criminalized consequential same-sex relations was unconstitutional. The victory was celebrated by both local and international activists. As the ruling party was a high-profile case in a pattern of former colonies rejecting anti-LGBTQ legislation that was impressed upon them. Section 377 was imposed upon India's during Britain colonial control of the country. The criminalization of same-sex religion relations still exists in 67 countries today. Out of this 67 countries, 65 are former colonies and 46 are former British colonies. This laws, along with other remnants of colonial injustices, are part of a larger investigation into the lasting legacy of colonialism. Criminalization of same-sex relations began in England with the King Henry King Henry VIII's Burgery Act of 1533. It was the euphemism used to describe male same-sex relations. In 1563, Queen Elizabeth the first increased the reach of the law when she broadened the criminalization to include any sexual acts contemporary to nation both attempts to increase the reach of the sexual criminalization were an effort to further consolidate the power of state by removing power from religious authorities as religious courts typically heard cases concerning such offenses however the terminology took a much more methodological sinister purpose during the 1600s Edward Cook an English judge scholar and bigot legally established the concept of same sex relations as crimes against the order of nature the reason behind this language was desire to establish lgbtq identities as the sin that shall not be named effectively criminalizing these identities while simultaneously silencing them by refusing to name them one can only speculate about the exact motivations of this increasing criminalization but it was likely driven by a further effort to control social norms and expectations in order to maintain a grip on power at this point in history and the many years that followed it power was almost exclusively held in the hands of patriarchal forces this forces relied on heteronormative discourses that positioned man as naturally stronger and more apt to rule than woman or if woman did rule it was due to their birthright teen power back to reproduction as such it was especially relevant for this patriarchies to silent male lgbtq community members which explains the hyper focus of criminalizing male same sex relations the effort to establish silent over lgbtq rights went so far that in 1826 forensic evidence was deemed not needed in order to rule that someone was guilty since colonial penal codes matched the morals of the colonizer 
The language that is seen in the panel code of former colonies matches the rhetoric of the former colonies. Still today, panel codes which criminalize same-sex relations predominantly use language such as crimes against the order of nature, carnal knowledge, burglary, or other terminologies coined by colonizers, which refuse to name LGBTQ community. This was the evident true of Section 377 of Indian Penal Code. The criminalization of same-sex relations in former colonies existed from a variety of reasons. It is most notably understood as a continued effort to solidify power and control people through policing and separation of social identities. Colonial era rule was often justified by drawing false assumptions about the colonial other and the supposed need to tame or civilize them. For example, the concept of the Sotatic Zone comprising the Americas, Asia's and Middle East and Northern Americas popularized by Richard Burton in his translation of Arabian Nights was stereotyped as a decadent land where the same-sex relations and other, violent, other, other sexual vices were rampant, resulting in degradation of society. This stereotype originated from the sexual freedoms seen in the Roman and Ottoman empires and then their subsequent decline. Another reason is the restriction of the colony's own vices. The gendered dimensions of colonialism and enabled the colonizer to rape and pillage in the pursuit of what they fetishized as exotic. This was especially relevant for homosexual Englishmen who used to opportunity uh, used the opportunity to seek sexual encounters that they would be vilified for in England. Evidence of this instances could be seen in the prevalence of the one of the venereal diseases in colonies among the member of armed forces. While criminalization at least pa- partly attempted to limit the pursued perventions of colonizers, gender-based violence has always been used to assert colonial and imperial authority. It was an unofficial capacity, the use of sex as a tool of dominance was widely used by colonial actors and is still a practice conducted by military forces across the globe to express the dominance. Despite the complex place that the human rights of LGBTQ people find themselves within the globe human rights framework, decriminalization Efforts have been increasingly successful increasingly successful thanks to the tireless efforts not of the former colonies but of local civil society organizations and activists. Same-sex relations have been discriminalized in 10 countries since 2016. In the majority of cases, such in India and Tobago and Botswana, the judicial system iterated the inconsistencies between the restriction of civil liberal liberties and the nation values, ruling criminalization laws unconstituently in some cases, parliaments such as in Angola and Bhutan changed the law. Unfortunately, Unfortunately, with the rise of LGBTQ activism and its visibility, a backlash has also come 
a decade-long trend towards discrimination has stalled. In Singapore, the High Court dis- dis- dismissed several cases challenging the Section 377A of the Penal Code. The country argued that discriminalization is still consistent with public moral values. In Indonesia and Egypt, which don't currently ex- explicitly criminalize same-sex relations, bill that would introduce criminalization as pending. What this case all have in common is the adherence to a nation's values as legal reasoning. As such, the best way to circumvent the imported homosexuality myth is to invest in civil society organizations that are fighting to change and accept of LGBTQ people on the ground. The local activists know the local context and are best equipped to push for change in a way that works in the respective context. Be that through court systems, lobbying of parliament, shifting public opinion, or all of the above. It is positive. It is a positive change that former colonies are taking responsibilities for their action. However, the answer is not for them to take total responsibility for the progress of human rights of LGBTQ people. Repeating the mistakes of the past would continue to take agency away from who, those who for so long were refused the right to govern themselves. It is now the responsibility of those who formerly perpetuated the LGBTQ phobia across the world to support local civil society organizations on the ground that are working tirelessly to promote a local conception of what it means to be LGBTQ. Thank you. See you in the next episode.